Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Tom, and you're checking out episode number two of the Floatcast. Podcast all about floating, float tanks, isolation tanks, you know, the, the industry as a whole, people's experiences, my experiences. You know, right now I'm in the stages where I'm, I'm still building my center, so I'm, for the next couple of weeks I'll still be giving updates on what's going on with me and how things are going with that. This past weekend was a very productive weekend. I, uh, my grandfather came over, my 83-year-old grandfather came over, who's a master carpenter, and uh, my stepfather came over and helped me with the framing on Friday and Saturday. And uh, I got to tell you, he was, my grandfather was on the saw, he had, we had a table saw and everything set up, and he was just cutting everything to length, and uh, my stepfather and I were putting the studs in, and my grandfather was keeping us on our toes, he was actually rushing us, you know, he was... He was moving, and he was pretty, pretty impressive, and you know, an old guy like that. And he was, he was with it. He, he was sharp as a tack. I was really impressed. But the rooms all, the rooms are all framed. Most of the plumbing is done. Uh, I have my electrician coming tomorrow, and uh, today's Monday. I have my electrician coming tomorrow, and uh, he'll probably come back on Thursday, Friday, hopefully, and finish it up. And then uh, maybe next week, I can start with the drywall and paint. And the ceiling and the floor. And just the, actually in the past day, I finally decided what I was going to do with my floor. Because I was very skeptical on uh, I was very skeptical on what to do at first. Because this is going in, in a basement. It's a very dry basement. There's absolutely no moisture that comes in. But I was very skeptical on what to do. Because I would like to do ceramic tile. Because obviously I think it would look the best. But I am worried about people slipping. And you don't want that, obviously. You know, you know it's easy to keep clean. You would hope, well, you would think it's easy to keep clean as far as, you know, you can just wash it. It's water uh, water resistant. You don't have to worry about mold or anything. Well, I guess mold in the grout. But I was leaning towards, uh, that's what I was leaning towards. But a couple of days ago, my stepfather suggested to me to check out <clears throat> rubber tiles, which are similar to the tiles that you see in in gyms, but they're not the same consist- consistency, they're made out of actually recycled rubber, so actually, you know, you could feel good about using them, because like, when I priced out what I was going to use, it said I was going to save 33 tires from going to the, uh, you know, going to the landfill, which is pretty filling, pretty fulfilling, but uh, anyway, it was, when I priced it out, it was more cost-effective than the tile, it was easier to do, it was something I could do myself, rather than maybe calling somebody in to help me, uh, I was probably going to do it myself, but have somebody help me start it, and get it going, and then, and then take care of the rest, but, uh, now, if I'm going to go with the rubber tile joint, I think that's the way to go, I think I'll be alright, and I got to tell you, from the pictures I've seen online, it may sound bad, but from the pictures I've seen online, it looks beautiful, that you can't see any seams at all, And the rubber tiles are actually, they're black and they have textures to them that are either white textured or uh, like light blue textured. So I figured I'm more than likely going to go with the white textured one so it would help hide any salt that was down there. Obviously, I'm going to clean the place anyway, but, you know, something like that might help a little bit here and there. So, um, check them out. The ones that I'm going to get, you can find them on, uh, uh, what the hell is the website? (laughs) Rubberflooringinc.com. I believe was the website, and uh, check it out, you guys hit me, hit me up on Twitter, or email me at uh, thefloatpolice.com, and let me know what you think, and and give me your input too, especially you guys that own centers out there, 
especially you know uh you know Graham let me know what you think my the, my good friends over there uh, Floatopia in London you guys are alright you, you're the float center of the week you guys uh you guys are alright Where, where's your address here Floatopia you can find it in uh, it's in London in Chis- Chiswick London their number is 020-8994-0708 sorry I'm not giving it with the proper cadence but I'm not really used to the digits in that kind of order but uh, yeah, you guys are all right. Please, any of you guys, give me some feedback on what you think of the flooring idea. Um, obviously, my number one concern, even above uh, cleanliness, is safety because I don't want anybody slipping and falling. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Um, but let me know if you've ever thought about this, or if, or if any of you have it, and if you have any luck with it, or if you think that I'm crazy. Um, it may sound weird because it's based off of uh, a tire, so you would think you would get dirty. But it comes with a cleaner and then a sealer. And people say that it has good effects and that you don't get blackfoot or anything like that. You know, so you're not staining anything or, or, you know, staining your own feet. Or staining the bottom of a shower which you're about to walk into after getting out of a tank. So, let me know what you think of that. Sorry for the pause. I had to take a little sip of water. I always get cotton mouth whenever I do a podcast. So, sorry. you'll, You'll constantly hear me taking a drink of water. Anyway, um, yeah, so the frame, framing is going well, and uh, or the framing went well, I should say. And once the, the electric is done and the plumbing's button, buttoned up entirely, and the ceiling is on and the, the floor is down, I could put the tank in. And that's actually the subject of this week's, this week's podcast, is my tank. And I talked about it a little bit last week, but this week I'm going to give the whole sob story because it is, it is, it is pretty funny. How the whole thing panned out. Um, basically, I found this tank, like I said last week. I found it on, um, I found it on one of the resources, one of the float uh, resources that lists uh, tank float tanks for sale. Apparently, the woman had it for sale on uh, Craigslist locally. Didn't have any luck. Kept dropping the price, and then eventually put it up on a float website, and that's where I found it and and contacted her. Um, when I spoke to her. She, I, I told her that I first, the first thing I said to her was that I wanted to see the tank up and running before I bought it. And she said that was fine because that was the condition it was in now. So she also told me the tank was in a basement, but that the basement was finished and then the tank was bought down there. Meaning the tank went down there so the tank should come back up. The tank that I have is called a float to relax tank. Most people don't know what they are because they're, they really were only made in, in the mid to late 80s, apparently. Um, but they're very, very solid construction. The thing is pretty, it's, it's pretty beefy. You can, you know, not to say I'm gonna, you know, be rugged with it, cause it's kinda just gonna sit there and people are gonna get in and out of it. But, it's pretty solid, you know. Anyway. Um, it comes in three pieces. There's a bottom piece. Picture like a, uh, picture like an old school, what is it, bare, barefoot, bare claw bathtub, where it's like like the solid tub by itself, and then it's, there's four little uh, feet to it, not one that's solid into the ground. Picture one of those, and then another one, a second one of those that's flipped upside down right on the top of it. That's about the best way I can describe it. Um, so when you go to remove it, you can take off the top piece, take that part out, and then the bottom piece actually has a bottom piece, a bottom shell, and then an, a the inner liner, which is actually 
you know, what the water and everything is in. Um, so I, she told me that information that it came apart and everything. And another thing she said to me was that I would have to bring a friend with me to move it, which was fine because I wasn't expecting a woman, you know, she was getting rid of it because she had some injury to her arm and couldn't get in and out of it because the tank is a little weird to get in and out, in and out of. Um, and she said, she said she was kind of just done with it. She was done maintaining it and, and, you know, wanted to get rid of it. So whatever. Um, but she assured me the tank was in working order and everything was fine. And, uh, and that was it. I had to bring a friend. I had to bring the appropriate tools that I needed, which by the way, she said I would need a, a screwdriver, maybe a, uh, she said I would need a screwdriver, maybe some pliers, and like a a, a, a screw gun, you know, like a, a DeWalt gun or something, something like that. So, I, um, I said, alright, no problem, I'll get everything together, and I'll bring, I'll get a buddy, I'll, I'll find somebody, and uh, I'll head on over. She said, okay, I'm going to send you a copy of the contract and via email, agree to it, and just send it back to me, no problem. So reading the contract, everything is fine, and I get to the end, and there is a stipulation in there with a $500 deposit for damages to the house. Meaning, if while I'm taking this tank out, I slam the tank into a wall and damage her sheetrock, I have to. the money comes out of the security deposit. If I get the tank out and there's no damage, I get the deposit back. At first, I kind of was like a little annoyed by it, but then I kind of understood it. Like, this is a business transaction. I'm coming into her establishment. She wants to, she's coming into her house, rather, and she wants to protect herself. Like, whatever. I know that I'm going to be careful. I'm I'm pretty good with my hands. I'm pretty good with moving things. Unfortunately, I've had to move a couple times. So, um, no problem. I'll give you 500 bucks because I know I'm going to get it back. So, we arranged for, uh, arranged for me to go to her. The next week, and uh, or the next weekend rather, and I had to get a friend, my my good buddy Scott, who's going to get a couple free floats without a doubt. Um, came and helped me out. A couple of my other buddies couldn't make it. It's really hard getting people together. That's one thing you're going to find is as you get older, at least for me anyway, it's tough for me to get people together just because everybody's so damn busy. You know, Long Island here is tough and it's really expensive, and everybody works a lot, myself included. So, you know, it's hard to get people together. So I finally found somebody that was had off, willing to help me, and willing to to fight their hangover to come and help me because I was leaving at like 5.30 on a Saturday morning. So um, I got him. My buddy Scott helped me out. I went and rented a U-Haul van. And I, I rented the van in the morning. Or I'm sorry, I rented the van Friday night because they didn't open until like 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. I came home Friday night, and I packed this van out with every tool I owned. Every tool, I, I used to be a Honda mechanic, so I and I built, I didn't build my house, but the house I bought and I live in now used to be not so great, and I pretty much had to remodel the entire inside because the people who lived there before me were schlockers. They were like the people, remember the movie The Burbs? The, the Klopex, the the nasty people that lived in the, in the, the Burbs, you know, next to the house, next to the uh, Tom Hanks, they were like them, and now the house, that was three years ago, four years ago, so now the house is nice and pretty, and uh, so I have a lot of tools from doing that, so I packed this van out with all tools that I could, but I also had to keep in mind that I was going to put a big tank in this thing, so I kind of had to scientifically think about how big this, gonna, this tank was going to be before I put all these tools in, 
wet dry vac. I went and bought a new pump, like a, a sump pump, not a sump pump, but like a, you know, my, I guess a sump pump, like a pool pump, you know, you put in a pool cover, uh, bought one of those, 100 feet of hose, in case I had to pump it out, because she said I would have to pump it out, um, extension cords, I bought new, a new set of sockets, I bought this, I bought that, so, packed the van out with everything, including towels, blankets, every, you know, any, anything, suitcases, anything you could think of I had in this car van, so I uh, leave my house about 4.45, 5 o'clock Saturday morning, get some bagels, pick up my buddy Scott, we head on out, she lives in Jersey, about, uh, it was about 80 miles away from me, but you're talking 80 miles in Long Island slash New York City, kind of like traffic, it's weird, it, you could think like, alright, 80 miles and it's 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, why would we be there in like... 80 minutes, at the most 80 minutes, you know, if you're doing 60 miles an hour, why wouldn't you be there, you know, but New York City's weird like that, and I'm glad that we left early, because, uh, we hit traffic, <laughs> we hit traffic at 6.15 in the morning, it wasn't much, but it was enough to where it was like, what the, what the hell, you know, we're in traffic, so, we got through the traffic, we got to where we were going, as far as the town goes, and, uh, I don't have a smartphone, Alright, I have an old school flip phone. It's not because I don't like new technology. Alright, it's because I'm cheap. I don't like paying, I don't like seeing people with huge cell phone bills. You know, my wife's cell phone bill is like a hundred and whatever dollars a month. And I think she's crazy. I pay like $28 a month for my phone. And I just have a, a, a tablet that I carry, I have in my bag with me. And if I'm home, I have Wi-Fi. And if I'm at work, I have Wi-Fi. You know, very rarely... Am I ever in my car? And I'm like, oh, let me go on the internet real quick. Because I'm driving. You know, I don't need to go on the internet because I'm driving. At least that's how I am. But in this instance, I was in trouble. <laughs> because I didn't have, um, you know, I didn't have any GPS or anything. I don't have a GPS. I, I don't own one. And I don't have it on my phone, obviously. So what I did was, before I left, I went on Google Maps. And uh, I Googled Directions. On how to get there from my house. And I went through directions. It was like 14 steps. And every step. I would took, I went on to step like. You know. Step 1. And I took a picture of it. Step 2. And it took. Well not step 1 and step 2. I took to where like I didn't know. It was like you know. Exit. You know. Step 9. Where it was like. Get off the Long Island Expressway. I started taking pictures of my little phone. Or my little tablet. And taking. And uh, saving them in them. In there. So that when I was driving. I would just flip by pictures. And, you know, step by step, I thought my plan was great, but it absolutely was not. Because at some point, some, something went south, and I ended up in the wrong... I was in the town, but I was not in the right place. So I called the... You know, I was supposed to be there at like 8.30, and I think it was 8.15. You know, I was right I was right on time. I wasn't late. But, uh, so I call, I call the woman and ask her... I tell her where I am and ask her where I'm supposed to go. And she doesn't know where I am. I'm like, I'm on a main road by a big car dealership. And it's like, how do, you live in this town. How do you how do you not know where I am? Like, she totally was spaced out. Uh, okay, whatever, no problem. Just I said, just give me your address one more time. So I wrote it down. Luckily, my buddy Scott was uh, awake and semi-coherent by this point after eating his bagel. And I put the address into his phone because he had a smartphone, luckily. And uh, he got us there. And we weren't that far away. I mean, we weren't, we weren't that close. 
but we were definitely close enough where it was like, oh, yeah, just go down the road here, just do this, and it was, we, you know, whatever. We were close enough where she should have really known where, where we were. So, we get to her house, and, uh, a very nice woman, very welcoming, and, uh, there's a side entrance door, and she's like, hey, hello, all right, the tank's downstairs, so I'm walking down the stairs, and immediately, I walk, I made the right to go down into the basement, and I walk through the door, and the door going into the basement is not even, I, maybe it was a 30-inch door, all right? So right away, I'm thinking, okay, whatever tank this is, it's gonna be tight. Because that, right away, is, is like, you know, you could do it, but it's gonna be tight. It's like, Grace, am I gonna hit her molding and she gonna take that out of my 500 bucks? So, whatever. Going down the stairs, going down the stairs. Get to the bottom of the stairs at the landing. So the right is a door into a bathroom where her clients would shower before their float. In front of me is a wall. 90 degrees to the left of me is is open like a hallway type thing that kind of goes open to the right. Uh, it's hard to explain. Like the, the, the steps went down to a landing and then you would walk to the left and it was kind of like an open area, but it wasn't entirely open, but it was open enough where, you know, you, you could go in there and kind of like, if you went in there and turned your arms around, spread your arms out, you would hit all the walls with your with your hands if you turned around. You know what I mean? Not that it was a circle. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because you know why? As soon as I got to the bottom of the steps, I saw there was no way in hell this tank was making this turn. You're talking about, like, I can't even describe it. Like, picture a, um, you know what it was like? It was like if a garbage truck went to go through a Taco Bell drive-thru. That is clearly not meant for for trucks. Alright, and it's like, look, this is not going to happen. Yeah, it'll happen if you don't want me breaking your sign. But you do, because you already told me you're going to take it out of the money I gave you. So, but I, I didn't say anything. I bit my lip, s- smiled and nod, and fol- followed her lead. Uh, as she led me into the tank room, which was extremely humid, as, you know, I'm guessing is the norm. But um, tank was not very... It was clean, but it wasn't clean at the same time. It was clean in the sense of it's fiberglass and there was no damage to it. And washing it and waxing it, you know, 36 times would make it look okay. It was clean in that sense, but it wasn't clean in the sense of she didn't, she wasn't maintaining it properly. There was significant salt sediment on the inside of the tank. And, uh, you know, it really, it was very, very, it wasn't what I was expecting to walk into, especially since she told me that she was actively taking in clients. So when you hear somebody is actively taking in clients, you expect to walk into a very, very nice, beautiful, clean environment. And that w- that was not the case. You know, whatever. So um, I said, okay. Uh, I put my hand in the water. Water was warm. Picked out the thermometer. Thermometer said 93. Okay, warm enough. Um... Turn the filter on. Filter worked. There was a couple leaks, but they were coming from the filter itself, and it looked like it was because of the amount of salt that was on there. So I felt there was something it could fix. But the tank itself, I didn't see any. I didn't think anyway. I saw any leaks or anything. Um, you know, there was water around the tank, but I didn't know when it was from. You know, I didn't know if it was from. I I don't know. I didn't know when it was from. But she uh, 
She said, all right, so what do you think? You know, do you, do you like it? And I said, yeah, it's, it's about what I was expecting. You know, what I was expecting to walk into. So I gave her the money, signed the contract. And uh, my buddy Scott and I went to work. And we took, first first thing we did, obviously, was drain, drain the tank. And she luckily, the one thing that we lucked out on, well, there's a couple things that we lucked out on. But the first thing we, that we noticed was that there was a drain she had sewers. She's on a sewer system, and she had drains that uh, they were only about four feet away from her tank. So I was able to put my sump pump in and and cut the hose right to the tank and drain it right out. And I was able to get that tank tank drained out in about six minutes. <laughs> that thing was bone dry. So uh, we took the top apart while that was going on. We started loosening the the screws that were in there. There were flathead screws that were in there. Pretty, pretty good. They had some sort of like rubber cement on them that we had to hit off with a mallet that I brought with me. Tool number one that I, I wasn't told I had to bring. Mallet. Let's make a list. Alright, you guys keep count. I'll just name the tools. You keep, you keep count. Somebody tweet me with the answer. Mallet is number one. Alright, so we had to hit the things off with the mallet. And then once we turned, tried to turn the flathead screws, the bottom of the bolt just turned. So we had to grab the bolt with a set of pliers and pull the bolt out alright so you do that all the way around and the, the front of it kind of like the door will come off but the back will not so we uh, we actually kind of had a I went in my truck and I actually happened to have a bucket with wood in it like a, that used to be door stops that I had at my house at one time and there was three in there and we actually wedged picked it up a little bit wedged the door stops in there because you know Top isn't heavy, but it's really awkward. And I uh, wedged the door stops in there and uh, on each side. And then had to go to the back and kind of like, you know, really oomph it. We had to really, really hit it, you know. And that's why I said before, the thing is solid. If it didn't have damage when I just did what, it, what I had to do to get that top off the first time, it, this thing wasn't breaking <laughs> because I really had to hit it. it it's almost like, the, almost like the top hadn't been off since, you know, since it was built. <laughs> the top hadn't been off in a long time. So we get the top off. And uh, <clears throat> and we we bring it out of the tank room. And we bring it into the little hallway. And my buddy Scott looks at me. Which, by the way, when as soon as she showed us everything and, and got us going. And she left the room. My buddy Scott looked at me and goes, Yo, you're not expecting to get it out of that room, are you? I was like, no, there's no way we're getting it out of there. I'm like, but I have to humor her because she said that's, that was the deal. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, so we start getting the tank out of there. We start pulling it, moving it. And as soon as we get to the steps, it was I can't. I wish that everybody, I wish that whoever's listening to this was in front of me when I did this. But it was like you went to go walk and it was just like, ugh. Ugh. Like you just hit it, and it was like it was so obvious there was no way this was happening. And she's right behind. I'm like, all right, well, can you turn it anymore? And it's like, no, it's a solid piece of fiberglass. It's not going to bend a little bit. So I said, all right, man, but pull it back, pull it back. So he pulled it back a little bit to an area right in that little hallway type area, kind of on its side. And uh, I said, Scott, do me a favor, just hold, it, support the tank a little bit. I don't want it, you know, falling or anything. So we kind of held it up. So, at this point, the woman had my money for the tank. She had my money for the deposit. So, uh, I pulled her aside. said, listen, here's the deal. We got two options. One, 
you give me my money back. Two, we break down this wall here and we get the tank up these stairs. Because there's no way that this tank is getting up these stairs with that wall here. There's no way that this tank was put down here after you built this basement. Now before you answer, just remember, I'm already here. I already have my friend. I already gave you the money. And I already have my truck. So if you say, fine, you give me, give me my money back because you don't want to deal with this. You're going to have to go through the whole process again. And then the next guy who comes back here is going to be right sitting here in the same spot looking at you. So I would do this now. So I was expecting her to say, all right, break down the wall and, you know, me break out some more tools. But she said, well, there's a third option. We can take down this wall. She points to another wall that was separate in that hallway, that little hallway area that was to the left. Once you were in that hallway, to the right was the tank room, and to the left was like another little laundry area type room. Yeah, laundry room, I guess you would call it. Um, (laughs) So uh, she says there is another option. You can take down that wall, and behind that wall is a door. And behind that door is a set of cellar stairs, like an old school Wizard of Oz type cellar stairs. That, uh, you know, lead up and, and lead up and out. And if you want to, you can try and do that. So as soon as she said this, I almost, like, my blood pressure rose a little bit. Because I knew in my heart that she knew that there was no way that this tank was going up those stairs. And that I just wanted, she just wanted to, like, I don't, I don't know what the hell she was thinking. But there was no way that she brought that tank down those stairs. It absolutely went down those cellar stairs. And it absolutely had to go back up those cellar stairs. So it really bothered me. She tried to pull that shenanigans with me. So um, I said, all right, well, what do we have to do? First off, before I do anything on the inside of the house, take me outside and show me where these stairs are. Because, you know, what if, what if we do all this and I don't do that? I don't check first. And then on the outside is some big obstruction that, that can't be moved or something. I don't, I don't freaking know. An old car. What if there's an old Chevy Nova back there on top of the door? And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about this car. That's not on wheels. And then what? Then I just took down a door for uh, the wall for nothing. Anyway, she brings me around and brings me to the old school cellar door. I forget, I forget what they're called. There's a name for them. Brings me around to the old school cellar door. And uh, she says, here they are. So I try to undo it. It won't come undone. So I have to go on my truck and get a hammer and a crowbar. And undo the latch. That's just to undo the latch. A hammer and a crowbar are needed to these cellar doors. So that gives you an idea of, of how old they are. So I open these doors. And I swear to you. Where there used to be a set of cellar stairs. Of cement cellar stairs. Is now a cement slide. Slide. Okay. There is no. There is so much water damage. and From neglect. That. All the stairs eroded away. The constant water freezing, water freezing, just eroded the stairs away, and now there's a slide. So there's almost like nowhere to step. So I say, before I do anything else, I look at her, and she was next to me at this point. I say, how can anybody go up and down these stairs? I said, this is not safe. She goes, oh, yeah, people do it all the time. I had something brought down here a couple years ago. They went up and down these stairs. I was like, listen, this is not a safe situation, and I don't feel comfortable going up and down these stairs. She's like, okay. I'm like... So she's like, so that's it? I'm like, uh, all right, look, I'm like, I'll, I'm going to do this, but I'm letting you know now from the start, 
I do not feel comfortable going up and down these stairs. She's like, okay. All right, I understand. So she put a lot of faith in me at that point, I guess. She put a lot of faith in my balance more than anything else. And my friend Scott's too. So we go back downstairs and uh, start, start the process of removing this wall. And the process was paneling, or I'm sorry, molding, paneling, sheetrock, Insulation, and then we got to a door. And no, no, I'm sorry. And then we got to the studs, which were aluminum studs. At least, thank God, that made it a little easier. But through all this, you know, hammer, you know, had to hammer it out. We got screwdrivers out. My buddy Scott's got a. Uh, once we got down to the aluminum studs, we had to break out the uh, the driver and you know use the uh, the new sockets I bought and take out the studs. It was a major, major pain in the ass. Alright, and then we get down to the door. The door was so old. It's one of the doors. You know how you go by a door now, it's got three hinges on it. The door only had two hinges on it. And I think the bottom hinge hadn't been taken off since the house was built. Because when I tried to take that thing off, it was impossible. I I had to go out with a pick. I used a pry bar. I used like one of those little, uh, I don't know what that, what I, I any tool I had that had a little fine edge I I tried to use. Um I ended up getting a pry bar in there with a hammer. I had one lucky shot and got it in there a little bit and then from there I was able to get it more in and then hammer it up. Get some W D spray for spray uh W D forty sprayed in there and then uh finally got the pin out. And then once we got that out, you know, we had to try and take the top of the tank out through this slide this cement slide. It was a it was a nightmare, it, you know. It really was a nightmare, but but we got it out. But luckily, once we started taking things apart, this is what this is where it's, it's funny how things worked out. Once we started taking things apart, um, the woman started calling carpenters because she knew she had to put stuff back together. All right, so she started calling a carpenter. Apparently, her neighbor was a carpenter. And uh, her neighbor's friend was a car. I don't know. So about halfway through it, her neighbor showed up with tools to fix what we were met, not messing up, but you know, fix what we were we were we were doing. So Hugh shows up, and we got tons of tools laid out, you know. And uh, he's like, "What? What am I walking into?" He's like, first of all, what?" He, he apparently had never been in the house. He's like, first of all, what the hell is that?" And <laughs> he points at the float tank. He wanted it all about the float tank. And uh, at that time, I was kind of naive and new to explaining it to him. And I don't think I explained it to him very well. And he was like, all right, whatever. Anyway, so what are we doing? Like, he didn't really care too much about it. Not the same approach explaining it now. But I think that I'm a lot better than I was at that point. Anyway, um, it's a good thing that she did call them. Because when they were there, Scott and I were trying to get this tank out. And like I said... Due to this cement slide, you know, there's a guy carrying like a big couch or a big tank, something like that, uh, upstairs. There's a guy in front, there's a guy on the bottom, guy on top, guy on the bottom. And the guy on the top almost has just as hard as a job as the guy on the bottom because he's got to bend down a little bit and kind of make sure it goes. Now, in this instance, we were going upstairs and going onto a level ground that's like it, it... I don't know, it was really hard to explain. Like, we were trying to lift it up just to, just to get the tank out of the basement. He wasn't even trying to go up the stairs because he knew there was no way you could do it. Like, you couldn't even 
climb these quote-unquote stairs if you had nothing in your hands at all and were just walking up. You couldn't even get up them. All right, so it's not like they were just regular freaking stairs. So, that, but thank God these guys were there because when we were trying to get this thing up, we hit the point where I was like, uh, "Yeah, I can't push anymore. You can't pull anymore. This is not going to happen." And luckily, those guys were there and pulled it up and out. And uh, thank God, man! Thank God they were there because they weren't. I don't know if we would have got it out. So we got the top out, which actually was the heaviest part, and then we got the bottom out and then the filter. And all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. It really was a nightmare. And I tell you, when I got done, I did not put a damn door back on. Because I was so pissed off that, that I had to do all that stuff. That, uh, I let a little carpenter friend or whatever do it. Put both pins in. He's got his own tools. But, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a nightmare. I definitely needed a lot more than a screwdriver. Like she said, I was gonna. I had a hammer, you know, hammering out nails, pulling them out with a pry bar. Oh, Jesus, there was so much. I'm like getting annoyed just thinking about it. Anyway, so get the tank home, and that's when I started the process of cleaning it. And, uh, oh, actually, you know what? Before I, before I move on to the cleaning thing, which I'm actually not going to talk about, I'm going to talk about it next time. But before I go, I, uh, before I left her house, I said, okay, everything's done, uh, I didn't do any damage, uh, can I have my deposit back, and I gotta tell you, she handed it over right away, there was no, no bones about it, she didn't, she didn't complain or anything, I guess that she knew that it was, that wasn't damage to the house, that was something that was imperative to getting the tank out of the house, and there's no way it would have been done without doing that, so, she, I think that she knew that that was, uh, that had to be done. So there's no way she could have, could have in, in good conscience kept my money. So. Alright Joe. Thanks for checking out the. Uh, thanks for checking out the Flowcast. Check me out on Twitter. The Flow Place. Doc, uh, at the Flow Place. And uh, check out the Flowplace.com. I'm going to be opening mid to late October. Like I said. And. Uh, yeah. That's it. Have a good week. Take care friends. Bye.